You are listening to the podcast of Richland Hills Baptist Church. We are located in Richland Hills, Texas. Our desire here is to believe, live, and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. As you're listening to our podcast today, if you have any questions, you can find us on the web at richlandhillsbc.com. God bless you. Thank you, choir, for that. A wonderful reminder. This morning, would you open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible with you, there's one in the pew in front of you or your phone or however you have God's Word this morning. But we'll be looking at Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 through 2 or perhaps 1 through 4. Now this morning, we're going to begin a new series of messages in the book of Hebrews. And it will last a little while. It'll be a good while. But question might be, Pastor, why are you beginning a sermon series in a new book of the Bible at Christmas? Shouldn't we have a Christmas series? I want you to consider this morning. And I want us to think about as we look at the book of Hebrews together. The book of Hebrews is all about Jesus Christ. The book of Hebrews is all about who Jesus is and that Jesus is greater than all things, all people. There's no one like Jesus. He is supreme. And He is the one who has come for us. And so the reason I believe that Hebrews in in Christmas coalesce together, and so this is very intentional, Because in Hebrews, we see the Son of God. And at Christmas, we celebrate the coming of Jesus Christ. And so, we see that all together. And to me, it's a perfect time to study this book and all of its rich theology and all of its just wonderful doctrine as we consider Christmas this season. You see, Christmas is much more than just a baby in a manger. It's much more than the things that we celebrate. It truly is the coming of Emmanuel, God with us. Now, anytime we begin a new series of messages on a book of the Bible, there are some introductory matters that we have to look at. Some of you love it, some of you don't love it, but we got to do it. And we have to ask some questions. So if you take notes, this is a good notes time if you are a note taker. And just by the way, when you pick up your bulletins, we always have a note sheet out there that you can write your notes on. So the book of Hebrews, there's some important questions that we always ask when we look at a book of the Bible. The first thing I want you to note is the, the title, we say the Hebrews, but in many ancient manuscripts, it actually writes to the, or to the Hebrews. To the Hebrews. And so, what that kind of tells us a little bit is Hebrews is likely a sort of letter. Now, many of us study letters that we see in the writings of Paul. Many of those are letters to different churches. Now, Hebrews is a little bit different. In that it doesn't have a lot of your normal letter writing format in the beginning. It doesn't say, this is to so-and-so, from so-and-so. 
he jumps right in. But it's likely a sort of letter, but I think it's more than a letter. Hebrews seems to be a sermon, if you will, an exhortation. So I want you to think of Hebrews as a type of sermon. The author of Hebrews is exhorting people. It's a sermon, a pretty long sermon, but a sermon. I want you to consider that. But then another question is, well, who is he, who is he writing to? Who are the, who's the audience of this sermon, if you will? It seems that the audience would be Christians, because they understand certain things. But probably Christians of a, some sort of Jewish background or understanding, which might be why it was to the Hebrews. But it also may be that these Christians were struggling. They were going through difficulty. And oftentimes when people struggle in faith, there are people that keep pressing on, and then there are people that kind of give it up. We see that even in our world today. And so the exhortation, I believe, is to keep going. Don't give up. And so the letter of Hebrews is telling them, keep going. So again, it's a sermon written to Christians. Now, when was it written? This is important. And some of, again, it may not be interesting to you, but it's important to know when some of these letters were written. Now, it's very likely, or I believe almost certain, that it's written in the first century. Part of the reason for this is at the end of Hebrews, he mentions Timothy. If this is the same Timothy that we know that was with Paul, then it would be early, I would say mid-first century. Now the other thing is, I believe it was written before A.D. 70. Now A.D. 70 was an important time, a bad time. It was the destruction of the temple. So in A.D. 70... The temple was destroyed. So this letter was likely written before the temple was destroyed because if you look through Hebrews, it's written as if the temple is still active. There's no mention of a destruction of the temple. It seems that the temple is still ongoing. So likely in the 60s to some some degree. Now who wrote Hebrews? This is a very well-argued question. And again, if this stuff interests you, there are books written on this. There are so many volumes written about who wrote Hebrews. And the reality is we don't know who wrote Hebrews. Some people think it was Paul. Well, likely wasn't Paul. Even we talked about the the letter writing, all of Paul's letters follow a format, and he would put his name on there. Others point to Luke. The reality is we don't know who wrote Hebrews. So as this series goes on, I'll say the author of Hebrews. But what's important is what this book is about. It's about Jesus. And this morning, I want us to think about this truth. God has spoken, are you listening? I want you to consider that. Let's read Hebrews 1, 1 through 4. 
Long ago, at many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things, through whom He also created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature. And He upholds the universe by the word of His power. After making purification for sins, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Having become as much superior to, the na- to angels as the name He has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Father, may You bless the reading and preaching of Your Word. May You lead us into a greater understanding of who Jesus is is in his name we pray amen so as we look at this passage we'll likely look at this this week and next week part one and part two but i want us to walk through the text together and look at it really understand all the elements of it but again this book it just begins it reminds me of two other books of the bible genesis and the book of john Genesis, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The book of John, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then here we get right away Jesus. We're going to even see creation in here too, and that's part of that similarity. But the author of Hebrews, he begins with this, long ago and many times and in many ways God spoke. Now underline that phrase, God spoke. Mark that. That's really the key idea in this passage is that God is speaking. God has spoken and God is speaking. Now those three phrases, long ago and many times and many ways, those are three adverbs in the Greek language. And they're all describing, how did did God speak? He spoke long ago. This points back to the prophetic time. He spoke long ago. He spoke in many different times. And if you look through the Old Testament, right, you see many different times that God has spoken. Centuries of God speaking to His people. He also spoke in different ways. God spoke sometimes through dreams, visions, the written word. We even see God speaking through a donkey, don't we? You see, God is speaking, and and so the author of Hebrews is saying, listen, long ago, in many different times, in many different ways, God was speaking, and He was speaking to our fathers through the prophets. You say, listen, he was speaking to our ancestors. He was speaking to the people that have gone before us. And he used the prophets. I want you, this is very important in the idea of Hebrews. And one thing that Hebrews is going to do is it's going to make us understand and study and consider our whole Bible, the whole Testament. The whole, we're going to understand all of it. And so it's going to make us study, because it is steeped in the Old Testament. 
But one of the things that we know from the Old Testament is that God was speaking through the prophets. So the prophets, again, were speaking for God. That was His way of speaking to people. And this is going to be important for Hebrews because it's going to, it's going to be different than the way that God is going to speak through the Son. And I want us to see that, though. But God is speaking through His prophets. Now, one thing I want you to know and consider is this idea that our God is a God who speaks. He is not unknowable. We can know God. God speaks. God, he is a God who speaks to His people. And a word that we use is revelation. God has revealed Himself. Now here's for your notes. There's two types of revelation that we see in the Bible. There's general revelation. This is God revealing Himself through creation. I want you to think about this. Creation itself. The stars, the mountains, the ocean. All of creation is God revealing Himself. Creation is revelation. God's revealing in creation His majesty, His power, His might. And this is His general revelation. So creation is a part of God's revealing Himself. God's revealed Himself through the created world, the world that He created. So when you see creation, we are supposed to see creation, and we are supposed to see the fingerprints of God on creation and then creation is meant for us to worship God we should see it and we should worship God but what's happened through human history people have seen creation and they've worshipped the creation itself but have not worshipped the creator and this is exactly what the Apostle Paul points to in Romans chapter 1. You could go back there and look at that. That people are always seem to be consistently worshiping the created order, idolatry. They are always creating idols to worship, ignoring God. So a second type of revelation is special revelation. You see, general revelation doesn't lead us directly to Jesus Christ. We should, it should point us to God, but there's a special revelation in which Jesus Christ is revealed to us. And I believe this is through, as we consider Christmas, the coming of Jesus. The Word of God is also a special revelation as it reveals God's purpose and plan. But I want you to remember that God is a God who speaks. He's a God who has revealed everything that we need. So remember, long ago and many times in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, now what are the last days? Sometimes we use that phrase, last days, to be, well, maybe it's close to the end times. And sometimes that could be appropriate. 
But last days, from a theological perspective in the Bible, is at the time when Jesus Christ died on the cross and he rose again and he ascended back to heaven. From that time forward, we are in the last days. So the death, burial, resurrection, and glorification of Jesus has now kicked off the last days. So he's saying, listen, in these last days, in the time of Jesus Christ, God has spoken to us by His Son. God spoke through the prophets, but now God is speaking through His Son. And one thing we learn in the Bible, in theology, is that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. And Hebrews is going to make that very clear to us. But Jesus is God in the flesh. The second person of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He is God. He is Emmanuel, God with us. So think about it. He used to speak through the prophets, but now God is speaking directly. You see, in the ministry of Jesus, there's, there's no sort of middle man. There's not an extra person. It's God speaking directly himself. And even now we know that is true. It's through the word of God. Guess what? God is still speaking through his word. He's still, still speaking to us. I love what Albert Moeller said about this. God is no longer speaking through the prophets. He is now speaking through a son. His son. The son is the fullest, most complete revelation of the father possible since he shares the father's divine nature as the second member of the Trinity. Jesus is the fullest revelation of God. And so now in these last days, when at the time of Jesus Christ, now the Son, Jesus Christ, is born. And this is why Christmas is so important. Again, I, so often we get wrapped up in the baby and the manger and the angels and the shepherds, and that's all good. It's a part of God's Word. But it, it's bigger than that. It's much bigger than just a precious little baby in a manger. He said, listen, this is God stepping into humanity so that you and I could be reconciled to this God. It's not meant to just give us warm and fuzzy feelings and feel nice. And he said, listen... This was God's rescue mission to save you from your sins. God is sending His Son to rescue you, but so you can also know Him intimately. We don't need a prophet anymore. We don't need a middleman. We have Jesus Christ. He's saying, listen, you can know me through my Son. Like That's Christmas. God is speaking. Are we listening? But I want you to see something else about the Son. So he's speaking to us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things. Whoa. Jesus 
God in the flesh is heir of all things. So that means that everything, all the power, all the might, all the majesty that the Father has, Jesus has, and all everything belongs to Jesus. But so often, so often we fail to understand the person of Jesus Christ. It's so often I see it, we seem to trivialize Jesus, sadly. We don't fully understand his teaching and his nature. The author is here saying, listen, he is the heir of all things. Everything belongs to Jesus. It's his. This isn't your world. This isn't your stuff. It it belongs to Jesus Christ. He's in charge. He's in charge. You're not in charge. He's in charge. Then he says, through whom also he created the world. And not only did Jesus create the world, but later you're going to see he also is upholding the universe by the word of his power. Say, wait a second, I always thought God created the world. He did. Remember, Jesus, God in the flesh. Jesus was a part of creation. And I believe we even see that even as we go back into Genesis. You see the work of the Trinity in creation. God is creating through Jesus Christ. Remember in Genesis we see the Spirit of God hovering over the face of the earth. We see God's creation Now, that phrase there, whom he also created the world, I want you to look at that, or underline that word, the world. It's an interesting word. And I think it actually means more than just the physical world. In fact, maybe your Bible may say something like the universe. That word, the world, is more than just the physical part of earth, it's includes everything, all of time and space. Saying, listen, Jesus has created everything. All the physical parts of the world, but also the things that you can't see and understand. Even time itself. God has created all of these things through Jesus Christ. So, think about it. There are parts of the universe that you and I will never understand. Like there are things that we will, I mean, we have brilliant people studying and looking at and thinking about the universe, but there are things that we will never understand in our lifetimes are thousands of lifetimes. There are places that we can never go humanly. I mean, there are things that are true mysteries. And Jesus Knows each and every one. He made them. He fashioned them. These stars, the billions of stars, He's formed every one. The matter and space that we can't 
even know what it is and how it all works together, Jesus knows everything. He's saying, listen, this Jesus, he's created the world, the universe, all of it. And that's why I told you it reminds me of Genesis. It reminds me of John. John also, I think, speaks to this. This is Jesus. God in the flesh who's come. He's come. He's the heir of all things. He's the creator and sustainer. We'll get more into the sustaining next week. Because listen, if Jesus wasn't sustaining the world right now, guess what? We would not be here. This is who we worship. He's out of the manger. He's not just this little baby anymore. I mean, he is, he is at the right hand of the Father, and we worship him in all his power and majesty and might. And he say, listen, God has spoken through Jesus. Are you and I, are we listening to Jesus? Are we following Jesus? When he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. Are you listening? Are we following him? I'm afraid so often we don't understand. We do all the religious things. We, we come to church and we, we do this. We sing songs, but... I mean, if, if we really understood and grasped the glory and majesty of Jesus, I mean, wouldn't our lives be different? I mean, we wouldn't be just messing around here and there and doing this or that. I mean, if we fully understood that Jesus is the heir of all things, the Son of God, then wouldn't we give Him our very lives? And say, Jesus, here's my life, and I want you to take my life, and I want you to use it for your purpose and your glory. But so often, we don't give Jesus our lives. We give him just a little bit and say, okay, now do something with that. But, I mean, if you really think that Jesus created all things and everything is a part of the creative work of God through Jesus Christ, if you believe that Jesus knows every star, every molecule, every atom, if you believe that, then is there anything, anything that should make us question Jesus Christ? Is there anything in your life that's too difficult and too hard for God to do? Is there anything for us to worry about if we know that Jesus is sustaining all things? You see, our problem is we haven't let this truth really take deep root in our hearts. And I'm just as guilty. I say none of those things in judgment. Because I too worry and question and wonder i too don't always live in the victory of knowing that we worship the supreme son of god but what my prayer is that as we walk through this book together and as we come at this time of christmas is that our hearts 
our hearts would be fully engaged in who Jesus is. Imagine. Imagine if each of us didn't just live for ourselves or what the world says we should do or didn't just live even for the people around us, but what if each of us let this message take root and we lived for Jesus Christ? What if each of us truly tried to grasp who Jesus is and again we lived for His glory? What if each of us woke up every day and we asked ourselves, how can we glorify God? Things would be different, wouldn't they? And so my desire is, and that's for me. Again, I, this is for me as, as much as it is for anybody else. I want to know Jesus Christ deeper and deeper and deeper. I, I want to know Him. May we be people that seek after Jesus and we, we study His Word and we, we begin to grasp the fullness of who He is. What if we stopped just playing church and playing religion and doing all this and we really said, Lord, show us He's speaking. Are you listening? The greatest thing that Jesus has done for us. He has come. He has given His life for you and I. You see, we are separated from a holy God because of our sin. Each and every one of us, we have sinned against a holy God. Our relationship, our fellowship with God is broken because of our sin. And Jesus has stepped into humanity and He has given His very life, perfect in every way, flawless. The perfect sacrifice and Jesus has given His life on the cross for you and for me, so that our fellowship with the Father could be restored. That we could be made new in Jesus Christ. That we wouldn't suffer the punishment of our sin in a place called hell, but we could have eternal life with Jesus Christ. That's what He's done. The God who made everything, has come for you. The God who knows every star by name knows your name. He loves you. He gave His Son for you. And He is speaking through His Son. Are you listening? Have you listened to the call of salvation? Have you listened to Jesus? He says, come to me. If you haven't believed in that, if you haven't believed in Jesus, if, if you haven't listened to that salvation call to come to Jesus, then this morning I'd say, come. Follow Jesus. I, I would love to talk with you what it means to follow Jesus, to be a believer in Jesus Christ. That's the most important call that you can listen to. But if you are a follower, 
we still need to listen. And Jesus is showing us how to live in this world. He's showing us the type of people we should be and the way that we should live. We don't have to live just the way that everybody else lives. We don't have to do what everybody else does. We can live and we can follow Jesus. And he's saying, come. He says, follow me. Are you listening? Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for your son. The word. Father, as we consider Jesus this season and this time as we walk through Hebrews, my my prayer is, Lord, that we would know him in a greater way. May we see who Jesus really is and may we understand His majesty and greatness. And and Father, may our hearts may our hearts be captured by who He is. And in this season where we do all these different things and it's filled with all sorts of things that we do that keep us busy, May we focus on your son. May he be the one that captivates us. May we give him our lives. And Father, I pray for believers here who follow Jesus. And Lord, in myself, it's so easy for us to get distracted and discouraged. And Lord, we get down. Let us look to Jesus who said, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Lord, for believers this morning, there are many who need that rest of Jesus Christ. May they experience that rest, that, but that rest, Lord, that will energize them. That spiritual rest where we don't find ourselves tossed to and fro by the world, that we don't find ourselves burdened with all the things that don't matter, but a true rest. Thank you, Lord. May I too know that rest. I need it. Lord, I also pray for those in here that may not know Jesus Christ. They've never heard and listened to that call of salvation. They've never put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. This morning, Lord, may somebody here Maybe somebody who's listening, if they've never known Christ, may they come to know Him. May you stir in somebody's heart who may want to know more. Lord, you have a purpose for every person that's here today. You have a purpose for every person who's listening. And may you do something through your word, something far beyond that we could ever understand 
Lord, may we see your transforming work in our hearts as we look to Jesus. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.